Welcome to Get Up in the Cool, old-time music with Cameron DeWitt and friends. This week's friend is Brian Zimmerman. We recorded this a couple weeks ago at the Centralia Campout in Centralia, Washington. Get Up in the Cool is listener-funded. Shout-out to Cindy Gilchrist and Rory McLennan, who just signed up on Patreon. Thank you so much, you two. And Rory, you were missed at Centralia, along with the rest of the Canadians. Hope to see you soon. To those of you who haven't yet signed up for Get Up in the Cool's Patreon, just go to patreon.com slash getupinthecool, which is linked in the show notes for this episode, and choose a support level that you can sustain. Thanks for keeping the show going every week, everyone. Before we get started, I'm teaching two four-week Clawhammer courses with Saratoga's own Cafe Lena on Sundays at noon Eastern for the beginner course and 1.30 Eastern for the intermediate course starting September 5th. That's about a week and a half away, so sign up now before you forget and it's too late. Follow the links in the show notes and let's play some banjo. Make sure to stick around afterwards and I'll tell you how to keep up with Brian Zimmerman. But first, here's our interview and jam. Enjoy. Thank you. 
Aw. <laughs> what, a, what a pretty tune. Played so prettily. That was nice. Yeah. Brian Zimmerman, welcome to Get Up in the Cool. Thanks, Cameron. I nice think, to be here. I think I met you at at Evos, the the now dormant but hopefully will be reawoken. Yeah. We, yeah. we drove up with McCain. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's also where I met McCain. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. And was that 2017? 16? It had to have been... Isn't Evos in April? I think it was 18. Eight? Oh, my God. Yeah, <laughs> Seems like it was my, longer ago. <laughs> my first... Yeah. Centralia 2017 was my first old-time festival. And you're... You're, as far as I'm concerned, a a fixture in the West Coast scene, even <laughs> though you are not a West Coaster. You live in Minnesota. That's true. Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah. I Well, I lived here for like six months. Yeah. Um, yeah. Excuse me. That counts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know if it counts, but that was... Uh, but yeah, Centralia 2017, like I said, yeah, it was my first all-time festival, and that's where I met... Everybody. That was your first festival period or West Coast? It was my first old-time festival. Oh, wow. Yeah. I had played banjo for a long time beforehand, but I did not really understand that there was a community like there is. You <laughs> were one of those, one of these lone, lone banjo players. Yeah, <laughs> kind of. I mean, I had a band in Madison for Was a it old-time? It was old time ish, old, old time inspired. What was what was the non old time aspect of it? Well, so I, long story short, I got inspired to play the banjo hearing Johnny Fitzpatrick play. Okay. Um, many years ago, when Nettle Honey, the band, all lived in a big house together with some other people, and I uh, knew one of them was passing through. They let me crash on the couch and. And I played bass all through high school and college. That so was like this one or this one. Both. Uh, oh, very good. Yeah, I'll um, let the <laughs> <laughs> listeners figure out <laughs> context clues. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but anyway, I had I had uh, I picked up a mandolin when I started traveling around after college. Um, it took some time and never wandered a bit, um, as some people do. Uh, but I thought I wanted to play the mandolin because I was into like thought I was into bluegrass. Okay. But really, I was just kind of in the jam grass. Not, okay. You know, Yonder Mountain String Band. And like, yeah, I, I, like sure. That was the scene I kind of came up in or whatever when I was 18 and, and getting into Jam grass. Yeah. Well, jam bands and then, okay. you know. Whatever. Sure. Now I have... This is the gateway. Back yeah. Then I, I was like, oh, yeah, mandolin. It's easier to carry than the bass. Um, but, uh, yeah, but then I, I got there, and they were, like, playing out their album, the seminal album, The Shed is Bound for Glory. They were out. It was a shed in the backyard of that house. The shed. The shed. The and they would go and the play there shed. every night. Yeah. And I would go watch them and was just like, oh, wait, no, this is this is what I want to do. Mm. And I'm actually unfamiliar with Nettle Honey. You should get that album. Okay. This Shed is Bound for Glory. Yeah. This Shed. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> It's a great album. And and would you say that that album is straight old time, whatever that means? Or was it some another sort of rung in the in the ladder? No, I think it was pretty old time, but also I feel like they, um, you know, they weren't necessarily 
traditional. I mean, I, but but they can they can play very traditionally. Yeah, sure. But we're also just like have this like young energy. Yeah. You know, and we're kind of doing what you know, inter- interesting, fun chord choices, and just like sure. really, yeah. But they just like had that, you know, when you first get the old time bug, you're like, there's. I feel like everybody has that story where they're like, oh whoa, this yeah. is cool. What's that sound? And Johnny, particularly on the banjo, um, I was just like, oh, that's awesome. That's what I want to do. Can you, I mean, is it a is it a, a put into words a bull thing? Wow. Great question. <laughs> I've been doing this for years, and that's what I have to show for it. Uh, is it an explainable thing, like his sound? Yeah, like like what what it was that was specific that specifically drew you to that from your your jam grass roots, oh. your jam band roots. Yeah. Um, oh boy, I don't know if I can put it into words. I mean. It, Maybe like it was it was more concise, okay, uh, and also and at the same time it was like simpler and more complex at the same time. I don't know if that yeah, uh, the, but mm. I think it was just the drive like that pulsating the call hammer banjo. Although Johnny also plays excellent two and three finger banjo, as far as I can tell. Um, but like yeah, just just that the pulse of the guitar, the bass interaction. Like I mean, they just like yeah. had that sound of like a driving old time band. Yeah, and that all of a sudden was infinitely more interesting than uh, than, yeah. than like yeah the other things I've heard. I'm not super familiar with like I didn't have like a jam band period okay. necessarily. Yeah, I definitely. I mean, like I was. <laughs> I don't know if this counts, but when I was in middle school, the first album I bought was um, the Dave Matthews Band's one with Crash Into Me. Oh, yeah. I mean, Does I that count as jam band? I think so. Yeah, because yeah. they have, they play their song and then they'll like... Yeah, they go off. And they have that off. kind of following. Um, they're I, not the jammiest of jam bands. Sure. But, like, but I would put it's not it in like that. fish. Yeah, exactly. But I guess like... If, if I were to describe them or jam band, my impression is that I would use a lot of words to describe it and not concise. Concise would not be one of them. Right. And and maybe also not driving. Sometimes it can be, but yeah, but not yeah, yeah, not in the same way. So maybe that's it. Concise yeah. and driving yeah. were like the things I was like, wow, that's awesome. So anyway, I went... I went back to Madison, which is where I spent most of my twenties, and bought a banjo. And which just, which decade are you in now? I'm in my thirties. You're in your thirties. Yeah. Yeah. You have a big beard, and sometimes big beard people it it's it can be hard to tell. It's like you could be in your twenties, <laughs> you could be in your forties. Like that's good. There's just a lot of beard. I'm gonna work with that for a while. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's mysterious in a lovely way. So. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I take some cues from Larry. Yeah. Oh yeah, same. The, the uh, master. Of- I don't think he's in his twenties. No, but that's true. <laughs> but past that, <laughs> like it's like yeah, you could you could be in any sort of yeah, decade. So glorious, I don't care how old he is. Oh yeah. <laughs> and that's the thing; it's it's always young. Totally. The beard. Yeah. By Nate, that's how beards work. I think so. There's probably a point where it switches over. But yeah. <laughs> but. Anyway, so I, I, I bought a banjo back in Madison, the one I still play. I just, like, went to Spruce Tree Music. Yeah. And uh, bought a Bart Ryder banjo. Yeah. Great. And I've loved it ever since. Well, it's a, that's a great first banjo. Yeah. 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 It's going to last me forever, I think. Or, or last banjo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, 
and uh, and just like started learning stuff off YouTube videos or whatever. Sure. I like, found like a, some guy's website that like had tabs and stuff. Yeah. And like that. But uh, but I called up my buddy uh, Matt Mansky, and he we played. So I played all through my college years. I played bass in a funk and reggae band. Yeah. Which was really fun. And he was so a guitar funny. player, so he's been my music buddy for a long time. And uh, and uh, I called him up, and I was like, "Hey, I'm kind of like learning this new kind of music mm. or whatever. You know, you want to come play?" And he was like, "Yeah." So he would come over, and we'd just hang out and play. And we did that for like a year, and wrote some music and put a band together. And so yeah, so that band, the No Name String Band, you can yes, you can find our album on Spotify or iTunes, yeah, or order it from us. Um, <laughs> Although, which the band is still playing, even though Matt and I, neither of us live in that city. Yeah, it's kind of cool. But yeah, we we just like had an amalgamation of people because I didn't understand that there was a, a scene, and also Madison doesn't really have an old time scene. Um, there's a few players now that I know of that are scattered, but I'm I'm a little bit unfamiliar with the geography of Minnesota, so I don't. Madison's in Wisconsin. Excuse me. Well, which would, which might help. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> of course it is. Yeah, yeah. This is a thing that I have known. <laughs> cool. Okay. And now I know it again. Yeah, I'll give it um, to you. It's like the capital, isn't it? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. No, I've I at some point memorized that for school. <laughs> okay, sorry. That's okay. So, Matt, <laughs> Madison. Yeah. Uh, what, where is the nearest old-time town, then? From Madison, honestly, probably. Um, I mean, the nearest big scene is the Twin Cities, yeah, um, or Chicago, I guess. Sure. Um, but then also in the Southwest region, like Viroqua, there's a few people there okay. who live, who play, and have the Gaze Mills Folk Festival is there every year. And it's not strictly old time, but it's got some of that going on. Yeah, there are a few players in there. Um, so you were like filling a, a void, a vacuum. I mean, I guess you could think about it like that. I'm asking you to take some credit oh. for your cultural, <laughs> your yeah, cultural but we contributions. Didn't, we didn't start Madison. a scene. We just had a band. And we're yeah, having fun. sure. And we picked up, like, when we found some fiddlers, like, one was a classical violinist and then uh, who was just, like, in my one of my classes or whatever that I met. And then we got an Irish fiddler who joined. And then my buddy who plays percussion, he does, like, jazz and Brazilian percussion all this stuff joined and then we got another guy oh, interesting. who was playing bass. Was he playing Brazilian percussion in your g- group? Um, Kind of. He plays He plays basically it's like he just for the first album he actually played a drum kit and the first album is like super rough but also very cool. Okay. Uh, because of that. Yeah. Um, but he's playing a drum kit on that. But then mostly after that he would play a cajon with, and then like a little scraper um, oh, yeah. and then a cymbal. And that was kind of his little setup. Fun. For like those three things, yeah. And the bass player came from a jazz and funk background. Yeah. Excellent bass player. And like, yeah, and then the band just evolved over time, but all, went, then we started getting fiddlers from our Irish friends. So they were all Irish fiddlers. Yeah. Who were also classical, classically trained. Right. So it was just like this weird amalgamation of, of people who nobody, nobody knew old time or came from an old time background. Except for the other banjo player that we picked up along the way, uh, my buddy Chris. He ended up being one of my really good buds in Madison. Um, and he came from the scene, but I think by the time I had met him, he had kind of tired of it and was having fun like playing in this new group, and so he didn't turn me on to festivals or anything like that. Yeah. Or maybe I just didn't listen. I'm not, I can't, I don't want to give him 
I'm going to not give him credit where it might be due. Because <laughs> I love the guy. Maybe he just wanted to like, keep you to himself. <laughs> yeah. But, but yeah, so the band, so it ended up, uh, the second album, I think, you know, was maybe us at our most polished or whatever, but it's two fiddles, two banjos, bass, percussion, and guitar. And, uh, yeah, so it's just it's kind of an interesting sound, I think. Yeah, I would say so. Yeah. Funny side note, Matt, the guitar player, he started playing when we were first doing this, and he was like, man, he was like, you know, he had just come back from six months in Mali. When we were in the funk and reggae band, we also used to play with a West African uh, guy named Tani, and he had played this, he played in Goni and, like, had this Malian blues. Yeah, cool. Back him up. And so Matt ended up going with him to Mali one time for six months and playing all this music. And he was like, I think this tuning that they use there for the Malian blues would work really well. And he, like, re- he would retune his guitar into this open tuning. And I didn't discover until years later when I finally came out on the scene that he was just cross-tuning his whole guitar. Oh, my God. <laughs> Is that what they do? Yeah. Like in, like, Tanarowin? Like, are they cross-tuning their guitars? I don't know about them, right? I mean, the regionality That's of the music only... in Africa, I... I guess Mali's very really big, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, right. And then the people are... Don't don't traditionally stay in one place, you know, and... Yeah. I uh, don't feel... I have... Yeah. I don't know. So cross-tune like, the whole thing. Yeah. And he was like... And we were like, together. wow, this sounds really cool. And he ended up eventually uh, custom-ordering two low strings on yeah. the guitar. So the lowest two strings are an octave... Like, the, the, his low E is an octave lower than yeah. the regular E. So it was just this, like, E, B, E, B, E, B, all the way up. And then he capo... E, B, E, B, B. That's hilarious. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. And I... That would work really well for playing melodies for old time melodies. Oh yeah, yeah, naturally. Yeah, yeah. So interesting. Uh, yeah, so that's a yeah. That's that's my. That was the Madison band, and then, and then when I came out here for a brief stint, it was when I got I called Johnny up again, or maybe I emailed him or something. He's like, "Hey man, I'm moving back out here," and he put me in touch with Ray. Yeah. He, he didn't even put me in touch with Ray. He sent an email out on the Seattle listserv and was like, hey, guys coming to town looking for a place to live. And nobody emailed me about a place to live, but Ray emailed me and was like, I don't have a place for you to live, but I have run this festival every year. Yeah. You totally come. And, uh, yeah. Ray strikes again. Ray strikes again. Yeah, and of course, as soon as I show up, you know, Melissa absorbed me. Oh, yeah. I think actually Larry met me and absorbed me into Melissa's camp. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and that that was like, I had such a great time, and Mm. that's why even though, that's why I come back, that's back to being a a fixture. Yeah, (laughs) the West Coast scene. The West Coast scene, even though I don't live here. Yeah. It's because, you know, it changed, yeah, I don't know, it was a big turning point for me in like, uh, discovering that community and being welcomed into it. Mm. Um, yeah, I have a lot of follow-up questions sure. about old time and community and etc. Mm. Uh, but we should play a tune. Do um, we? Do we say what that? Oh, it's sh- shipping's, shipping's port. Yeah, I don't remember. Not to put you on the spot, if you don't know, but where that's from. I I don't I don't know the ultimate source. Um, I think I learned it from a Michael's Mario recording. Great. Yeah. I love personal sources. Yeah. And that's a great one. Yeah. He, I think that was on that, maybe, uh, 
There was, it was like a, one of those compilation albums that came out of Seattle or the West Coast or something. Huh. There was a bunch of different fiddlers. Is it like a Bubbaville album? Maybe it might or have some... been, I think it was the backup and push one where, where oh. Jason and Ferris had a bunch of different fiddlers playing with them. Is that an album that happened? I think so. I think that so. Sounds, yeah. I think maybe it was that. Okay, cool. Because yeah. I know there are some other versions of that one. Yeah. Shipping's port. Yeah. Shipping. Shipping sport. Shippins? Shipping sport. <laughs> Completely. <laughs> Just send everyone in every direction trying to find the source. Yeah. This is the source now. I'm sure someone knows. What do you want to play next? Um, what do I want to play next? Uh, we're in G. Oh, I wanted to do... Um, that five miles, to, the G five miles to town. I think maybe Joel played it on here with you, or maybe not. I don't think but, he did. Oh, okay, great. Then, G five miles to town, great. Yeah, I don't know this one. Uh, yeah, I think I got it by a friend in the Twin Cities, but I believe it comes from the Indian Creek Delta place. Oh, very good. Yeah. More Midwestern. Is shipping sport? Shipping sport? <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Is shipping sport Midwestern? I do not know. Okay, because like that's a little bit of a theme, at least that will be about to happen. That's true. Of tune choices. Okay, great. Okay. Ooh. There we go. Anything in common with the Clyde Davenport one? Not at all. Not at all. Cool. Don't here I go. Here we go. Get it, get it out of your head. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, no expectations.
That's also really lovely. <laughs> also nice. <laughs> Sweet tunes for sweethearts. <laughs> it, you know, the Indian Creek Delta Boys played a lot faster, and it doesn't sound as sweet and as much. Sure. But yeah. I've been trying to play things a little slower these days. Yeah. So what's that that uh, is called Five Miles to Town. The G version from the It's a two town. Five Miles to Town. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. I think. Yeah. I'm not great with names and sources. <laughs> yeah, the is that a, the prepositions? I always get confused with the Clyde one. Which yes. one is which? I think his is from we'll but I don't it. know. <laughs> and it doesn't matter. And it doesn't matter. That's not great. Thank you. Hey, thanks. And I like the way you work across the fingerboard. Oh, thank you. Up the neck there. I hate to cut you off, but we're doing a, a podcast with an interview as well. And you're welcome to hang out, but I want to uh, continue interviewing Brian here. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, well, I'll see you around. I'll be here till Sunday. Appreciate it. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> okay, so. Yeah. Indian Creek Delta Boys. You're getting into like deeper, deeper cuts. <laughs> Of old time music. Well, yeah. It, I okay. What I wanted to ask you about okay, sure. was you you finally found like old time community as opposed to just a, a shed or a band. Yes. And I'm curious how your relationship to the music uh, changed, or maybe to music in general changed after mm. coming to your first Centralia. Yeah. Um, it must have had some impact on you if you keep coming back. Oh, yeah. Expending all these resources to come. Oh, definitely. And, you know, going back, um, you know, after I met some folks out here and was moving back home or back to Wisconsin, they were like, oh, we have to go to the cities. Yeah. And they introduced me to some people there. Um, it was Aaron Tacky and, and Sonia. Oh, great. Uh, I met them at the Portland Old Time Gathering. Yeah. And someone was like, oh, you need to know Aaron. He lives in Minnesota or whatever. And Oh, it was, uh, yeah, because I was hanging out with Michelle. And she, Michelle Yu, and she was happy to introduce me to, she knows lots of people from all over. And so she was like, oh, my gosh, you need to meet these folks. Da, 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 da. Um, and so I went home and started going to the Minnesota Old Time stuff. And kind of being part of that community as well. Also felt very welcomed there. And I think, I mean, I kind of... I love, I did love playing with the band in Madison. I still love playing with the band in Madison. But, uh, yeah, the community aspect and, like, the, the social scene that was there just, like, really took over. Uh, and it felt just, like, really satisfying. Yeah. Um, and so instead of, you know, instead of, like, rehearsing and performing, you know, now it was just about hanging out and playing and getting to know people. Yeah. And, um, and yeah, I just I don't know. I, felt, I really felt at home. Yeah, I I feel like our culture has sort of like done us a bit of a disservice by like saying like oh if you want to enjoy playing music you have to rehearse and you have to like <clears throat> do all of this like booking and stuff right. and like you have to do all of these ha- endure all of these sort of pretenses to making music and it sounds like you were like, oh, wait, that doesn't have to be the way that I get to enjoy music. <laughs> yeah. I could just go to a festival or go to my friend's house. Yeah. yeah. You know, and I, I mean, I think back, like, before I started that band in Madison, that's what it was. My buddy Matt would just come over once a week right. and 
work on tunes on the porch and yeah. whatever and do stuff. Um, it's always been a hobby for me. Yeah. Uh, I mean, definitely it was like a nice side hustle for a while. Sure. Um, but so, so maybe that's what it was. It's like I liked music has always been a hobby for me and now it expressly is a hobby. You know, yeah, um, and that's and a hobby with like everybody else who shares that. You know, it's yeah, like, uh, yeah. So, so yeah, yeah. Finding the community just really like uh, made me enjoy it that much more, and like wanted to get want to get more into it and be a part of it. And, um, and I feel like a lot of my life is based around it. Now. Yeah, or at least a lot of my recreational sure it's very relatable yeah (laughs) yeah uh when did when did fiddling enter the picture because unless you didn't have a a fiddle past before did you or a violin pass because i i always admire the the audacity of of people who like you know in their 20s or 30s or 40s or whatever say like huh i think i'm gonna do it (laughs) i think i'm gonna learn it out (laughs) like figure it out yeah, uh, you know, I think what happened was after coming to Centralia, uh, and then being in Seattle for several months afterwards, and just kind of being a part of the scene. When I moved back to Wisconsin, um, I came out to Seattle for a school program that didn't work out. I stopped after one semester. Um, that's the long story short. But I went back to a Wisconsin winter, you know, after. Yeah after all of this stuff and, and my buddy Chris he was the one that liked to hang out the most and play the most yeah. and he played banjo I mean he, he made me a much better banjo player you know playing with him over the years um, I was just like you know what it's like January in Wisconsin and now I'm, I'm back here doing this thing and I just decided I wanted to learn how to play fiddle um, because well mostly because uh, I really like rhythm and uh watching people out here play and like seeing some people you know just like the rhythmic aspect of of it was really enticing um and i've been playing banjo for you know a decade or something and so it's like you know you know a fair amount of the tunes yeah right i heard the tunes and so um yeah so i just decided so yeah that was i guess what three and a half years ago so that would have been january it's not very long ago not that long. Like, I don't remember you playing as much fiddle when I met you. Yeah, because I had just started. Yeah. This problem, you know, yeah. I think there's definitely, like, a moment where I was like, oh, Brian plays fiddle? And maybe that was a similar moment for you, where you're like, I play fiddle. <laughs> it's yeah. been a progression, you know? It's like, yeah. I feel, but I feel like you ask a lot of people that, especially folks who got started later, and they're always like, well, no, I don't really play fiddle. Yeah. Like, you know, I don't, it's not... Yeah, because that's what hard. I say. Because it's hard. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. It's hard, and it's like, but it is also really fun, and uh, and you know, if you're gonna do it somewhere, this is the kind of community and the kind of people to be around. Because like everyone's kind of doing that, and yeah, you know, um, yeah. So so it is. There is like support and enthusiasm. Yeah. And, like, you know, there is something really comforting too about like every fiddler kind of has that attitude a little bit like just like even like these like suzuki kids who like you know like have been playing since they were four yeah. they're still just like oh i'm such garbage at <laughs> i know you know and they're yeah. like make their money doing it yeah. you know well, once i started hearing people i really admired yeah. like saying stuff like that on the, on the side or whatever i was like oh i was like okay yeah kind of like not 
that it made me think any less of them, but yeah. I just like boosted my confidence. I was like, okay, they, or maybe it was this thing of like, oh, this feeling's never going to change, no matter how good I get. Yeah. So I'll, now I'll just go with it, or like try and forget about it. Yeah, it's all the only the closest thing I can think to like compare it to would be like stand up comedy, when it's like a thing where like no one's ever going to feel completely confident in it you know it's just like yes. it's like no i might bomb tonight you know yeah. <laughs> like yeah that's you're pretty exposed yeah you know it's like all the frets are well, more all the frets, the frets aren't there but, the, but you know especially as a bass player it's like you know you can fit yeah. four half steps into one yeah it's like ah my finger you know to, but but yeah i don't know it's been yeah just fun and I like, I mean, I, I honestly, I don't play, oh, I, I guess I play, I feel like I play all the instruments about equally, except for bass, because it's not around. If it, were, if it was, I would play more bass. Yeah. But I like being able to play everything, because then you can sit down, you know, I kind of like a joke about pinch hitting or whatever, you know, it's like, well, <laughs> what, what, what I instrument? I want to be the hero of what any jam. <laughs> I will come and save you, yes. No, I mean... But it's just like, you know, people are like, oh, we need a guitar player. Yeah. I'd be like, oh, cool, great. Yeah. Love to. Yeah. You know? Um, and so I think, and that, that like keeps it interesting and, you know, it's fun to, it's fun to sit around. It's a really nice thing about this, this tradition is how many people have that attitude. You know, it's like, uh, I just want to keep it going. I want to keep the party going. Totally. What, what, what else can I do? Yeah. To... Yeah, I've had a couple of really fun times, like, when you're with a couple of buds who all also play guitar and banjo and fiddle. Yeah. And you just round robin the instruments every time. Yeah. Or whatever, you know, stuff like that. That's really fun. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, yeah. Yeah, it's all fun. It's kind of like... I'm slightly distracted because there are some boys having a lot of fun... With, the water. with a PPC pipe water mister, yep. and I'm feeling a little jealous. I also am feeling jealous. <laughs> we could go run in it real quick. <laughs> you can press. You can press pause. No, I'm just gonna keep it going. Okay. <laughs> no, I didn't. Here I go. Okay, we participated. <laughs> we ran through it a few times. <laughs> Refreshed. Ready to play a new tune. Which, uh, what, what is this? What are we going to do? Uh, it's called Jack of Diamonds. Is this the John Summers Jack of Diamonds? Maybe. Okay. I learned it from uh, Brad Lefwich's workshop in Minnesota. He came to one of the festivals yeah. and talked us to. Okay, very good. I've liked it ever since. Cool. So, we'll let some... Indiana culture. Alright. It exists. Yeah, <laughs> it does. It does. It exists. It's kind of banging, actually. Yeah. yeah.
Cool. Yeah. Jack of Diamonds. Yeah. Gambling tunes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, boy, there's been a theme so far. Yeah. Tunes that have the name as another tune, but don't sound anything like that tune. Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> Wait, is there a different ship in sport? Uh, no. Okay. No, well, yeah. Well, there's a different ver- There is a slightly different version. Okay, like great. Like, James Bryant does a James Bryant version of it. That's very nice. Yeah. <laughs> I'm curious if, uh... If at a certain point you decided to do some specific focus on figuring out some Midwestern repertoire, or if it's just something that happened organically. Well, I mean, I guess both, you know? I mean, going back to the Midwest and starting to hang out there, um, people are playing lots of Midwestern tunes. Well, that's, that's the thing. It's like, you can't always, like, depend on when you go to the place that people will be in the playing the tunes from the place as opposed to just like uh fe- ubiquitous ubiquitous festival tunes you know yeah yeah that's fair that's fair um so it's nice to hear that people are playing midwestern tunes just organically in the midwest yeah and i and maybe the crowd or the friends that i particularly made like were were from there you know and knew oh and and yeah there were definitely some people um, like specifically some like Iowa fiddlers and whatnot mm. who are still around, um, you know, who like older guys or whatever who are still around, um, and so I just feel like uh, maybe it was like there was a reason for that that people were playing the western tunes. It seemed like entrenched in in the history a little bit, yeah. um, but also the people that I was around just seemed to really like them and had also had grown up there and grown up in the scene there, you know, maybe their parents played or whatever. Um, so yeah, so I just got turned on to it, and, it's, and they're fun. They are fun, you know. Yeah, yeah. I'm always like, you know, different places have different reputations, and, you know, and then like places like Indiana or Iowa or like or non-Chicago Illinois, like have mm-hmm. some people will lump them in with flyover states or whatever, mm-hmm. you know. And it's like, no, there's like cool fiddle repertoires from there. <laughs> like, totally. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I feel like Chirps did a big, yeah. like, has a big influence there, and still does. I mean, he still shows up. You know, he and his wife Dot, they still show up to yeah. festivals there, and he still is, like, raging tunes late night in yeah. the tent, you know, and just, like, uh, so, I, so I think he probably has had a big piece to do with that, you know? Yeah. Um, and then Gary Harrison. Obviously, course, yeah. Like, so I, so, and people are proud of that there, too. Um, so I think kind of all that combines together to, so that people like to play those tunes or like those kinds of tunes. So, so that was part of it. And then there was at some point, I guess probably two summers ago. I don't know. Maybe it was last summer. I can't really remember. But I got in. Time is meaningless. Yeah. At, <laughs> at just, the moment. I, I like went on a kick where I was like, man, I want to, I want to learn some standard eight tunes. Uh, yeah. And I had this Dwight Lamb CD turned out like the first seven tracks on the CD are all standard A tunes. <laughs> so for like non-old-time so nerds or non-fiddlers, standard A tunes meaning? Uh, they're in the key of A, but you play them out of standard tuning yeah. on the fiddle. Yeah. So I <laughs> I get into some friendly arguments about this or whatever where like, uh, cross to me is its own key. Yeah. Oh, t- t- okay. I don't have no, to I'm right with there you. with you. Okay, yeah. great. They're, they're like cross tunes. Yeah. It doesn't matter which key you right, play them you in. They're cross. It's about the shape. It's not about the pitch. Right. 
that's my argument. Yeah. And, for standard A as well. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you couldn't play standard A teams. In G- I mean, God, unless you were really good and wanted to torture yourself or, you know, whatever. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, but, but yeah. Um, yeah, they just have a different, yeah, it's, yeah, it's totally different than cross. And I love playing cross too, you know, but. Was this one a, a, a standard A tune? Mm-hmm. Or, or are the rest of our A tunes going to be standard A tunes? Mm-hmm. Wonderful. Yeah. I guess I didn't if, I guess I didn't notice you go from cross to standard <laughs> at any point. No, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah wonderful. Yeah. Um, and that's more of a my impression is that that is more of a Midwestern thing. Midwestern fiddlers, unless they're playing a, another repertoire, they're not necessarily going across ever. That is probably. True. They're yeah. not, yes, that's yeah. true. And and I mean, people do out there. Sure, you know, of but, course. But uh, it's less prominent than it is in other places that I've been. Like, you get certain kind of fun, saucy, crunchy stuff in like standard A tunes, though. Yeah. Yeah, like, you I mean would, that last tune was a lot of, like the you know the G shit when you, like the modal modal tunes yeah. work really well yeah. in standard A because you get that nice chunky G chord yeah. on them too, um, and that doesn't sound the same if you're playing it in cross or whatever. You can't get a chunky G. You no. can get a a G. Yeah, but not the chunky G. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, well. Uh, on that note, what else Should are we... play we... one of those White Lamb tunes? Yeah, yeah. great. Right. Yeah. Will you remind me where Dwight Lamb is from? He, I believe, is from Iowa. Okay, great. Um, yeah, he's uh, he is still living in Iowa. I did not know that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I I think I missed it, but, he, but even in relative recent years, he would still come out to some of the Minnesota festivals. And cool. Hang out, yeah. Um, yeah, he's legendary. Right? Dwight Lamb. Yeah. Yeah. How, well, old, time, old, how time old is he? I have no idea. Yeah. I don't want to, you know, in case he's listening, I don't want to, like, <laughs> 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 I would be willing to say, like, probably in his 90s. I don't know. Yeah, okay. I I, 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 I haven't met him. I'm obsessed with the, like, the fiddler who's, like, getting up there. And maybe has slowed down in other aspects of, you know, their life. But the last thing to go is the fiddling. <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah, I'm going to hold on to, the, you know, it's like, it doesn't work for everyone, obviously. But, like, mm-hmm. I just think that's so interesting when, you know, people, uh, you know, that the muscle memory is still there. And it's like, that's going to be the last thing to go. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Like, I will be at some point, and I want that for myself. It's like, yeah, at some point, I will be a better banjo player than a conversationalist or a walker. <laughs> That's <laughs> my goal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's nice. I mean, yeah, you can play banjo from a chair. Yeah. In fact, that's pretty much like all we, you know, that's, that's mostly what I prefer to do anyway. Well, not, yeah, that's Basically the thing about not performing. Yeah. You just sit around. It's actually really nice. Yeah. <laughs> Well, which Dwight Lamb tune are we going to do first? Um, let's play Fox Days because I'm still not sure if I'm going to try it. Okay, great. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
made it. Yeah. I'm uh, I'm in this like Facebook group called <clears throat> Oops, that's my gender, and uh, <laughs> and people just put up like sort of random things and as like and say like yeah, this is actually my my gender, uh, and I feel like a good contender for that would be um, a tunes that go up to the C sharp. That, like, <laughs> there's something about it. It's such a specific mood. Uh, <laughs> wow. Yeah. I'm, I'm never going to forget that when I look at you now. Yeah. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> yeah, that is, that's it. Hey, yeah. it's happening. Yeah. Sorry, not sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're kind of the best. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know. I wish I could play it like Dwight Lamb, but, you know, someday, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> maybe when you're 90. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. We have time for one more. Oh, okay. Cool. Before, uh, not counting our bonus track. Oh, okay. Uh, that's... We've done four tunes, right? We've done four tunes. Yeah. Yeah, we'll do one more. Great. We did, we did a lot of tunes, though. Yeah. Yeah. Wonderful tunes, yeah. Yeah. So... Before we do the last one, yeah, where do we go to like get the No Name albums? Is it is it like a band camp? Is it a website? Yeah, so there's a, we have a website. The No Name String or not the No Name String Band. That's always the conundrum. Yeah, I'm currently about to release an album, and we're going to have to have the the, the article conversation. Yeah, are we going to include it? Yeah, yeah, no, <laughs> no yeah. Um and then we have a band camp, and I think. So the the first album is only on Bandcamp. Okay. The second one is on Spotify and iTunes. On the places. Yeah. yeah. Um, the first one, I'm just going to put some caveats out there. I mean, that, it was like 2013. I've been playing banjo for like a year or two. And just like writing weird tunes with my buddy on yeah. the porch. And we, did, we released a double disc album. One side's all original music. Oh, and cool. And the other side is all... Uh, old time tunes. Yeah, and um, you know, I mean, unless unless you really want to, listening to the old time side is like maybe not what people would want to do. That's not where I would direct them first. Uh, There's a real special energy in listening to someone write when they learn the thing, and that can be really exciting. Yeah, I think. But what? But I am. But all the original stuff, I am. Even though it's like rough around the edges, I think it's. I, I personally think that it's, like, uh, at least unique, you know? Um, we did some weird stuff, because, like, we didn't know what we were doing, and we yeah. had, like, a, a, a jazz percussionist and a jazz bass player yeah. and a classical violinist and an Irish fiddler. Yeah. And, and a cross-tuned guitar, and we were, like, <laughs> pretending to be an old-time band, right? Like, yeah. Um, uh, yeah, so there's some, cool, there's some cool stuff. If anyone's going to do it, uh, so I'll attract... All the original ty- songs are untitled numbers. Okay. Because I'm not good with names. Yeah. That was kind of the whole thing. Yeah. That's the anyway, theme. But uh, untitled number 11 is my personal favorite. Okay. I think it's, I think it's maybe the most interesting. I'll go check it out. Of, of the originals. Um, but the, yeah, then the new album is like a mix of, um, uh, I think there's not, maybe only five originals on it, and then some old time tunes. But it, it's kind of an interesting sound because it's two banjos, two fiddles, yeah, uh, and bass and guitar and percussion. Cool. Um, so it's just it's a big sound. We recorded it um, at the Stoughton Opera House, 
Um, so just like all one day uh, live, like in a circle on the stage of this really beautiful old opera house uh, in a mm. town just outside of Madison. Mm. Um, so the, the, just the sound is cool. Our recording engineer did a great job. Uh, yeah, great. I, uh, th- this, this, uh, interview was very last minute. I was planning on asking you this weekend and then I got here and I saw you and you said, I'm about to leave. Yes. <laughs> and I, and I said, oh, what a shame. I was going to ask you to be on the show and you, de- you decided to spend your last couple hours here at your, at the festival that turned you on to old-time festival culture yeah. and old-time community. You decided to spend the last couple hours here doing this with me, and I'm really grateful that you did that because I had a lovely time. We haven't done, like, much one-on-one stuff, you and me, and this no, was really good. nice. It was really It's nice. always a great excuse. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for having me on. I, yeah, I, uh, I'm flattered by the ask and yeah. had a great time. Yeah. <laughs> flattered that you would be on. <laughs> uh, what do you want to do for the last tune, Brian? Um, let's do that... Give the filler a grand. Great, great.
Visit nonamestringband.com to learn more about Brian's band and to buy and stream their albums. I put a link in the show notes. You can support Get Up in the Cool by sharing the show with a friend or sharing and liking the video posts on Facebook, Instagram, Reddit, and YouTube, and following and subscribing in all those places. And if you're able, please help fund Get Up in the Cool by signing up at patreon.com slash getupinthecool. You can order a mask, t-shirt, bag, sticker, or phone case at Get Up In The Cool's merch store. I was store. really hoping we'd be done wearing masks by now, but I guess now they're more relevant than ever, so it's not too late to, to buy a Get Up In The Cool mask, I guess is what I'm saying. Silver linings. Ugh. Visit pitchforkbanjo.com for my instructional claw hammer banjo series or to schedule a lesson with me. And make sure to sign up for my workshops with Cafe Lino, linked in the show notes. Those are starting September 5th, and it's a four-week course, beginner and intermediate. Check out my other podcast, Think Outside the Box Set. We're about to start, I think, season 19. It's been going on for a while now. If you like this show, Think Outside the Box Set is a little different, but... I'm in it, and that is a consistent thing between the shows, so maybe you'll like it. Go check it out. It's available in all the same places as Get Up in the Cool. And again, everything I just mentioned is linked in the show notes for this episode in your podcast app. That's all for now, friends. Thanks for listening. Come back same time next week to Get Up in the Cool. 